Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bigly Blast. For three wonderful nights in the desert, Kevin Durant and the Suns seem to be dancing with greatness. Now, they seem to be flirting with disaster. First, there is the abundance of caution with Durant's latest injury and what it all means. And there's a fear that Durant's lower body has been compromised with a rash of recent injuries, most notably MCL sprains in successive years. And if you're wondering how an elite athlete can injure himself that badly warming up? Well, that's a very ominous explanation. But even if Durant comes back healthy and firing on all cylinders, I worry about guys five through nine because this basketball team seems to be really struggling for definition and a clear delineation of roles and who should be shooting the basketball when and from where. And more than anything, I wonder about the quality of defense this team can produce in the play. Because without Mikhail Bridges, man, is this team susceptible to opponents with multiple perimeter threats. You saw it last night when Chris Paul was attempting to guard Steph Curry. And at one point in front of the television cameras, Curry looked at Chris Paul and said, this ain't 2014 no more. For Suns fans, that's kind of a good thing. We don't want it to be 2014. That was the dawn of the worst basketball we've ever seen. But we don't don't want to spend the next three years on pins and needles, do we? Waiting and praying for something as simple as a healthy basketball team. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. You can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. It's all competition. Um, you play against somebody for so many years and the love I got for them because you know, our history and all that. So it's just competition back and forth. Give it and take it. That is Steph Curry who got the better of Chris Paul last night and did make that comment. It's not 2014 anymore. This is disrespectful. <laughs> In my brain, it absolutely is 2014. Steph Curry, respect your elders. Because one time, not too long in the future, not too uh, far off in the future, mm-hmm. that 37-year-old wall is coming to hit you right in the face. Oh, Leia, let's, let's hope it doesn't hit you as hard as it, as it hit Chris Paul. And Chris Paul was decent last night. He had 11 assists. What is the date today, by the way? March 14th. Okay, today is Steph Curry's 35th birthday. So this idea that Chris Paul is ancient and he is young and spry. Wait, is that right? It's really his birthday. 35th birthday. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. You know what? Cra- day also. Crappy birthday, Steph. That's what I say. <laughs> be rude it's, to our guy. Yes, it's, it's pie day and it's well, also, uh, you'd be just past the three-year Anniversary of the nine thousand breaking news sounders on the show when everything was canceled. That was today. That's, that was yesterday. Ooh, that wow, was the thirteenth, I think. Oh, no, that was the eleventh. Did I ever tell you my pie joke? Twelfth. My, yeah. my pie plan. No, tell no. me it. I want to hear. Your pie I plan. A, I had a, pa- a plan in place. You know, when I was younger, and you know, the possibility existed. Maybe I'll become a substitute teacher at some point. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be. You would be fabulous. Something, no, yeah. I would be. You know why? You'd be great. Because the first thing I would do when I came in, I'd said, "Class, get out a piece of uh, paper and a pen." Mm-hmm. I don't know if those still exist in the classroom setting today. Sure, it wouldn't have in one. 2023. Um, but I would just say we're going to do some long division today. Oh, no. I would say. 
your problem for the day is 22 divided by 7. And you can't speak or do anything until you finish the problem, and then I would leave. <laughs> that is great. I love that. That's really interesting. I saw somebody in social media today baked a pie, and there was a, the pie symbol on top of the pie. I thought that was really... What do you think of pie, Jerry? Mm. Oh. Well, they say pie R squared, but I say no pie R round. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. <laughs> All right, so the Phoenix Suns and what Steph Curry said, yes. I thought you might look at, his, look at it as disrespectful. Jared thought it was just some random year he pulled out. That was the year the Clippers played the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. That's where that came from. Sort of Wouldn't a reminder. Would have held more weight, though, if the Clippers had beaten the Warriors in 2014 yeah. in the Western Conference? Yeah, but I think, I think, I think it, Chris Paul was trying to say to him, uh, you and your team – Aren't aren't at that level. I don't know what he was trying to say, but I think I he was know. trying to get into his kitchen. I think he was just bit. saying you're old now. Yeah, I, I you're think, not in your prime you know anymore. What I think I'll tell you what I think. I think last night was obviously very personal to Clay Thompson. Very personal. Oh, you could tell. Oh yeah, there was a moment early on in the game that the Warriors were up by 25, 23 points. They were blowing the. They were annihilating the Suns, and Devin Booker shook loose from Clay Thompson, and Kevon Looney didn't help out, and Devin Booker got a little bank off the. And it and Clay Thompson was ticked, even though his team had a twenty five point lead at the time. Uh-huh. That's how personal last night was to Clay Thompson. So on some and and you know to their credit, the Suns didn't quit after halftime, um, and and made things interesting interesting for a minute. But uh, last night went exactly as I expected, I, and I suspect it went exactly as you suspected. Um, pretty much blitzed early. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chris Paul did take time after the game to respond to the this isn't 2014 comment. Uh, here we go. I don't know what happened in 2014. <laughs> don't tell me. That's like nine years ago. What happened? But did you even hear him say did, did you see when he said that to you? Did he say it to me? That's what I'm asking. Did he, did, 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 did he say it to you? That's what I'm asking. No, he didn't say it to me. Okay. Where do you see it at? It, it was going on camera. They showed him saying it to me? No, they just showed him saying it. It was a close-up, so you couldn't even see who he was saying it to. Oh. No, I don't know nothing about that. 2014. <laughs> Were y'all good during the game, or was that something that, that, that's even surprising you hearing, hearing that he said that? Good. <laughs> 2000, what was Steph draft year? 2009. 2009. Yeah, he spent the whole summer with me and my family. Okay. You know what I mean? So I know that was 2009, 2014. I don't know. What was that? That was my third year with the Clippers. I don't know. Y'all got time to go ask him. <laughs> What did he say? What did he, so do you have time? time? Go, go ask, ask him. <laughs> oh, deflating. There was, a, there was so much in that 55 oh, seconds. There was, there was an element of who's on first. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, listen, I love Dwayne Rankin, and that's just a great exchange he just had with Steph Curry. That is great. I'm asking you. That is just to Chris you? Paul. <laughs> that is just great. Yeah. I mean, that's Chris Paul, the veteran. Uh, just playing verbal gymnastics with me. Dwayne Rankin. I don't even know what happened in 2000. Yeah, what and yeah, then he drops what? in. Then he drops in this kid who's this disrespectful of me. I put him up over yeah. the summer when he had nowhere to whole, go. Spent the whole summer right. with me and my family. Yeah, yeah gives diapers that right. summer. Giving him a heads up that yo, homie, who who took care of you when you didn't know what was what? That would have been me. I mean, show a little respect. There punk. is a possibility of these two teams meeting at some time in the playoffs. The possibility exists right now. In fact, if the playoffs yep. started today, it would be the first round matchup: Suns and Warriors. Hey, oh, you man. want to talk about Clay Thompson taking <laughs> mm-hmm. things personal? And I know we've had 
discussion after discussion after discussion on Chris Paul and what happened to him during the postseason last year. But there are nights when he shows up and he really influences games and he can take over again. And Chris Paul's also a guy that keeps score and keeps mental notes of things. I wouldn't be shocked if these two teams meet in the playoffs, we get a vintage Chris Paul performance. And he and then, throws it back and, in the face and then of you Steph get, Curry. And then you get a vintage cutthroat statement after the game that references everything we're talking about. Everything that he won't talk about with Dwayne no, Rankin. Boy, I, pl- I must have played like it's 2014 tonight, <laughs> huh, guys? Or something like that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, the uh, we'll get back to the NFL. Aaron Rodgers says something's coming very fast. And we're still waiting. We'll get into that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports. The local sports leader, Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. That is the uh, Tuesday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Akchin Community Studios. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Jared Carlin, Sarah Gazelle, taking you up until 10 o'clock this morning, and then it's Wolf and Luke who have uh, more, I'm sure, to report on free agency frenzy as it continues day two of the negotiating window. And still waiting on some sort of decision from Aaron Rodgers, Bick, who... Um, Yesterday, there were reports from people in the know who said the deal is just about done. We're almost 24 hours removed from those reports with still nothing done. The rumblings this morning are that the Jets are angling to go after Alan Lazard, the free agent wide receiver from the Green Bay Packers. Mm. Could that be a sign of things to come? Again, this uh, this whole process on day two and, and still people waiting on Aaron Rodgers is is ridiculous to me. Yeah, and and again, I don't know if what's holding it up now is a function of Aaron Rodgers or just a working out how this whole thing is going down. Because mm-hmm. if it if it if it's the story of a guy that really does need to milk every moment of drama out of everything, come on, man. That doesn't sound like him. Doesn't so sound like him. Be it. No. Can't be it. I, I was just real quick. I was going to say, if it's not, if he retires. What the hell do the Jets do now? Because Jimmy G and Derek Carr are off the board. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> They're kind of really screwed. Yeah, so it's uh, Rodgers or nothing at this point. Adam Schefter yesterday from ESPN on what's taking so long. We've been waiting for a week. They I know. Malibu last week <laughs> yeah. meeting with him. You would have thought six days later there would have been an answer. Last week there were people who thought he would retire. And then he listened to the Jets, took the meeting, obviously was impressed with what they heard. But we come back to the fact that they, like all Jet fans, like everybody in the studio, is waiting for number 12 to say he is or isn't going to play. But if he does play, he looks like he's going to play for the Jets. And if he doesn't play, he's going to retire. Okay. So there are your two choices. Anytime he wants to weigh in, we're all waiting for the word from him. Yeah, still waiting. Uh, it wasn't going to be about him, though. Uh, you know, Remember when he went on the Aubrey Marcus podcast and said, oh, if you think I'm a diva, and all my answers the, the answers are inside of mm-hmm. me. It's just it, yeah. It, no, he's he's becoming he's becoming among the least likable players in football, and I I think it's it's been it's been just it's been a new way of of life for him. It's he he decided to stretch out and because there was the longest time when he was very reserved and he did a lot of his talking, whispering to writers that he trusted, and he was very thin skinned and and sensitive and all that. Now he's just kind of really leaning into this. I'm gonna do things my way, and I'm gonna let you know. About about it and 
again, I, th- this idea of I'm going to either play for the Jets or retire, that to me seems a little nonsensical, too. It's like, do you want to play football? Yeah, that should be the, f- for the question I, asked first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, so, Maybe he just didn't get to that question and, in and the I, four days of darkness. Yeah, and, and, I, and I don't know whether he's trying to milk this out to make the city of New York want him more. It, who knows with him, right? Who knows? <laughs> you never know. No, you don't. Uh, Patrick Peterson, we played a soundbite from him yesterday on a podcast with Adam Schefter saying, hey, I think I can help the Bengals. Well, he's not going to help the Bengals. He's going to play the Bengals twice as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh. Patrick Peterson in Pittsburgh. Oh, you're popping your peas, Two Vinny. Year a contract, fourteen million dollars uh, for Peterson. He'll put on the, uh, the the black and gold. And look, we could sit here and and bash on Patrick Peterson as we have done from time to time over the last few seasons since he's been gone. But he was good last year. Uh, for the he most part, he was he was a good uh, signing uh, in that second year for the Minnesota Vikings. So much so that he earns another Listen, contract. And you know, a lot of people, I, I've got no issues with Patrick Peterson um, as a guy. I like him a lot as a guy. I think he's, and I also think he's a good teammate. I think he's the kind of guy that makes football teams better um, in the right situation because I think he's got one of those very, um, you know, megawatt personalities. Talks a lot, engages uh-huh. guys, laughs very easily. Guys like that can be good additions. Unfortunately, Cardinals got the the dour, sullen. Patrick Peterson for a couple of years. I give him respect for the year that he put forth last year. It was a good year from Patrick Peterson at a time when people thought he was cooked. Yeah, I agree. Now, uh, the, you know, the the firing off on Kyler Murray and talking talking smack about the Cardinals, that became that became part of his brand last year and it almost became a thing where he was almost taunting the previous edition of the Cardinals. Hey, any men over there? Anybody going to step up and say anything back to me? Cuz I know that after a while that's the way I took it. After a while, I'm like, I don't care what you think about Kyler Murray. At some point in time, if you rep the Arizona Cardinals, you should be telling that man to, to shut his mouth. Because go talk about things that have to do with the Minnesota Vikings, not the Arizona Cardinals. There was a lot of that last year, and Patrick Peterson, you can, I guess, credit him for this. He made it very clear. Mike Vendetta is not against the Arizona no. Cardinals. It's not against Michael Bidwell. It's not against Cliff Kingsbury. It's not against any guys it's in, against in that Kime. uniform. It's against Steve Kime yep. and Steve Kime only. Yeah. So, uh, you know that you know Steve Kime has moved on. There's a new general manager uh, calling the shots now in Monty Fort. You would think that that chapter of Patrick Peterson's career is finally closed. Yeah. Listen, and, and I'm not saying a GM's job when it comes to the interpersonal is is easy. It's not. Um, you the, the minute you think you've got a happy football team and everyone's on the same page, you get a phone call from an agent. Hey, my guy needs this. My guy wants that what are the, uh, uh, managing that must be extremely difficult but there were way too many situations of, of guys just taking liberties verbally with this football team and and I thought that was one of the more profound statements of weakness last year was Patrick Peterson where are you Steve Kahn where are you uh-huh. why are you running from where are you and nobody Nobody clapped back for days. And it was also weird that it was two years later. Why Why was that well, not the reaction when Patrick yeah. well, Peterson first landed in and, Minnesota? And that's, well, and that's because Patrick Peterson wasn't feeling it the first time around because he, he didn't have results on his side. And the Cardinals beat the Vikings the and first the time they played beat with them. Patrick yeah. Peterson yeah. in yeah. uniform. But again, we're closing the book on all of that, so... Yeah. Um, will we be closing the door on DeAndre Hopkins' time oh, as a Cardinal sometime today or in the next couple days? Will we be closing yes. the book on Byron Murphy's time as an Arizona Cardinal soon? I, I, I just, 
Listen, I, I don't want to be disrespectful to DeAndre Hopkins, but I w- listened to these interviews he's doing. I saw the one he just did with Pat McAfee. He's acting like he's a free agent. Yeah. He's acting like, oh, finally, people can come pursue the greatness that I possess. He is under contract with the Arizona Cardinals, and he's acting like he's a free agent. It's just, it's bizarre to me. But he, you know, he had that meeting with Monty Austin for mm-hmm. and that he might know. He might know. They might have but, said that we're going to trade you. But, so in his mind, maybe he is a free but agent. But if he's that in demand, I am not giving him up for a second round draft pick. Agree. At this point, even though he is still under contract, I would feel more surprised if he returns than doesn't. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. right there. With yeah, you. I don't think he's returning. But at the same time, I'm just not. I'm just not saying. Oh, yes, D Hop, whatever you want. Yeah, whatever you right. want. What's Here's the fr- Can I get the front door for you so you can leave? <laughs> Is Gambo going to fire up the limo? Well, well, again, I just if if so many teams are clamoring for his greatness, then you better get a first round pick in return for him. I would think, or so I'm not too, trading him, but I don't think that's going to happen. The madness tips off this Thursday, and with it comes your chance to win over three thousand dollars worth of prizes in the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks, presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Just text Bucks to six twenty six twenty, fill out your bracket, and compete in the madness. That's Bucks B U C K S two six twenty six twenty. Coming up next, we'll have our weekly visit with Shane Doan, the Coyotes' chief hockey development officer. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Doan scores on the rebound! Shane Doan. Shane Doan got a piece of it. I think this goal is going to go to the captain. Captain Coyote. Shane Doan sends a one-hopper on that. He scores! The captain! Legend Shane Doan up early to talk Coyotes hockey with Bickley and Mirage. Shot by Shane Doan. He scores! Every Tuesday, we get the uh, opportunity to talk to the Coyotes Chief Hockey Development Officer and Coyotes Legend, number retired by the organization. Shane Doan joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Donor. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. The uh, Coyotes are kind of like uh, you know a, a horror movie villain. Just when you think they're dead. And you're going to throw dirt on their grave. They strike back up. They put the hockey mask on. See what I did there? Well, I've never heard that analogy for a sports team before. Five-point streak. uh, Five-game point streak uh, all of a sudden. And three straight wins at home. What are they doing, donor? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. You look at some of the... Hey, it's so fun to watch our guys play right now because... The game the other night against Minnesota might have been the best game of the year. There is four good fights, like legit good fights. And we came back from a down two goals in the third. We were up two goals early on two nice goals, got the crowd into it early. Then we kind of got lulled a little bit to sleep offensively, then tied it up late and won it in overtime. Everyone left happy except for those who don't want to. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, right, except for the people that matter. Right, exactly. Listen, and, and again, uh, I, I don't want to sound so. There, but there's also people who don't believe that the Coyotes will ever win a draft lottery, even if even if they didn't win a game the entire year. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> I'm, Vinny's I'm raising his hand. Vinny's already got Connor Bedard going to the Blackhawks. He's, all, he's already there. In I fact, think they've already got, they're stitching his name on the back of the jersey right now, Donor. <laughs> right? Or the Canadians or yeah. something like that. 
But yeah, but you're, but yeah. you're right. But you're right. It's 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 an interesting dynamic. It's this team that's kind of that's really rejecting what they're supposed to be. And the fact that you had four different fights from a team that's the third worst in the NHL that tells you something about the spunk that they have. Or as Wolf would say, they've got something coming out of the side of their neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to bury that chip deep in your heart, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh he's right. They got they we do have a group that's competitive and um again, I've you've heard me say it how many times. Andre Terney does a great job of connecting and and not he doesn't go to the emotional well. He doesn't do that. It's not like a rah rah every time. It's just he knows how to communicate with people and to get the most out of people. And and there's a there's a connection with the group with him that is it's fun to watch. It's really, really fun to watch him coach. But I don't want I don't want him and Bill Armstrong to physically get into it. They're both big guys. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? I yeah, don't I don't want them getting mad at each other. <laughs> they are big guys. They are big guys. Yeah, that is uh, that would be interesting. Maybe we'll, <laughs> it see. Would we'll be. see what happens. Uh, Shane Doan, yeah, Coyotes Chief Hockey Development Officer, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, in terms of the individual players, uh, you mentioned the Minnesota game. Big four-point game for Barrett Hayton. Two goals, two assists. Former top five pick. Uh, continues developing. And we've talked a lot about individual players this year in our conversations. But what have you seen this season specifically from Barrett Hayton and his development, Donor? You know, you know what? He's... In the beginning of the year, he struggled, and it wasn't that his play was necessarily that bad, except for there is moments when his play did probably drop a little bit, just because it's an it's inevitable when you're not having the success that you think you should be having. And he didn't score in the first twenty five games of the year, right around there, um, and that's hard. Uh, I've done that, so I know how hard that is, and. Uh, and for him to be having the second half that he's having is a huge testament to the character that he has, and it's and it's something that will go forward with him. Now that's not once you go through something like that, it's kind of like a badge of honor that you kind of hold with you. It's uh, it's kind of like the the Boy Scouts where you get the badge and you know you can do something now, and you know you can go through some hard times. And he's went through them, and now he's starting to come out the other side. And you watch him play, and you see the confidence he's playing with. with him and Kells are having some success with Schmolzi out. There is obviously there's a hole there, and, and Richie came in. Richie's brother actually came in and uh, and was played really well. And obviously that line had some success. But Hates has been driving that line and and our success offensively, kind of feeding off what Clayton Keller's doing because he's been on fire obviously as of late. And I think Hayton also is a guy that really enjoys that mullet magic. Thirteen goals on the yeah. year, twelve of them there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does, and that's it's one of those things. He's a young guy, so it's like he's like it's still in college, so he's just loving it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's it's fun there, and everyone's enjoying it. And watching watching him have success is just it's cyclical, and it starts once you start to get on the right side of that. It's crazy in, in professional sports, as we've talked many, many times about how how important that is. And if you can get on the right side of momentum and some energy, then it can carry you a long ways on its own. Now, after a conversation last week, I went down a rabbit hole. I actually went and watched some some stuff on Connor Bedard. And, man, you are not kidding. The talent level in that kid is stupid. Don't tease yourself. Oh, stupid. Oh, 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 oh. 
<laughs> crazy. Crazy, crazy what he's doing. And, and, and Adam Fantilli, another kid in this draft, is doing stuff that's incredible. He just scored 60 points in, uh, in, in the NCAA. Um, he's a guy that is, is kind of like separated himself from everyone but really Connor Bedard. Um, so those two guys, obviously, at the top of the draft, and then the Mitchkoff kid from Russia, it's a, it's a good draft, and you have to get in that top three. And if you can get in there, you got a legit shot of getting a player that's going to be generational. Now, I'm curious what you think about this, because we know that at least on a grassroots level, hockey in the Valley has it's grown by leaps and bounds. And I think, I think you can be – you're a big part of that donor. And now you've got this hockey program at ASU, which your son is a part of, that is – I mean, this is going to be this is going to be a dynasty in the NCAA in the next ten years. Like as you pointed out, who wouldn't from Kamloops, <laughs> Canada, who wouldn't want to come here and play hockey here? So my, my yeah. thinking is the grassroots state of this sport. What do you think about it? Well, I think there's lots of work we can do, and I think we've come so far, but we had so far to come. Like that was, there's no way around that. Um, there's obviously opportunities for us to continue to grow, but you start to see it. And, and you mentioned those, you mentioned those situations. You mentioned ASU and and the local boys, a couple of local boys. There's uh, playing on the team. One of Josh's teammates is from here and grew up playing hockey here. And then obviously my boys from here and and it's starting to create a little bit of energy that way. There's a couple boys coming, hopefully going to be on the team next year that are from the, that grew up playing hockey here in the Valley. And you start to get that belief in and you start to add your, your own local talent. As we all talk about with the ASU football and basketball, if they can get a, a couple of their quarterbacks or a couple of their players here in town, it always helps them out so much. Um, but we can grow it way more. We can grow it so much more. We need to grow it so much more. You look at what is going on in LA in, in in Anaheim with what the Ducks and what the Kings have done with them having opportunities to be successful as organizations it's now again it falls back to that it's cyclical it's as they have success the grassroots grows as the grassroots grows they have more success their fan base is bigger you just have to do that um, the Coyotes have an opportunity to kind of get on the right side of that but it's going to take some serious work. Shane Doan, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. You mentioned Clayton Keller earlier. He's been on, on on quite a tear recently as well. 67 games in, he's already got career highs and goals and points surpassing what he did last year. Uh, 28 goals last year, 29 this year. Is this now the new bar for Clayton Keller? And as you view him at this point in his career, Donor, how much more room do you see for, for growth in terms of him uh, as a goal scorer? Well, I think the way he's playing right now is about where he was when he, I mean, last year he broke his leg. Like it was major. Like it's the way they described it was like a car accident break. Like it wasn't something that just uh, a little, you know, he has a fracture and it's, it was, I mean, he snapped his femur and displaced it and did everything that you can. And it takes about a year to get back to that, that level of where you're, you're feeling as confident as you were before. And, and I think as you watch him play in the last month, he's really taken that next step. He's, I think he won uh, player of the week for, yeah. for the NHL. Number one star. And, and, and if you, if you're doing that on a team that's in a situation we're in, that's, it's hard. And then for him to be able to do that says a lot. I know he's relied a lot on, on Schmaltzy and, and hates and, 
there's some guys around him that have really helped him out, and he, he'd be the first to point that out. So it's it's a group effort, but he's definitely the leader of the pack, and it's it's a lot of fun. And, and I do. I, I probably I agree. I think this is more of what he's capable of doing and what he's capable of becoming, and we're excited to watch what he does. Yep. Donor, always a pleasure. Uh, thanks for the time. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Well, thank you, and I appreciate you guys not mentioning how Canada did in the last night. That was a tough first inning. Holy smokes! <laughs> well, the other the other six innings didn't go great either. This, hey, 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 Shane. We we did, it was it was we didn't give up a run in the last five innings. <laughs> Shane, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry, Shane. They did better than Team Israel. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> and Team China. Team China, China got, yeah. Oh, I thought it was the football scores last night watching some. By the way, did, do they not have the run rule in that game? I've seen run rules all over World Baseball Classic, and China lost 22-2. to two. What's up with that? I don't think it went nine innings, though. Oh, was no, that? You, you, you only can be down 10 after five that's innings. That's what it is. Ah, before, yeah. not, that's right. Before five innings. That's gotcha. So. All right, Anyways, dude. well. Thanks, guys. Always good to talk to you. We'll talk to you next week. Shane Doan, the uh, Coyotes Chief Hockey Development Officer, our guest here on uh, the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, the NFC West, the team that reigns supreme. They might have got tougher yesterday. Not great news for the Cardinals and company. We'll get into that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NFL free agency frenzy with Bickley and Murata mornings. Now you bring Javon Hargrave, who is a phenomenal pass rusher, but doesn't get enough credit for how well he moves and he can play the run and be a guy that you can move from a shade technique to a three technique. But the fact that he's been added to this D-line with the production that these guys have been having for the past couple of years, I don't know how you're going to expect your quarterbacks to play three and five step drops against the San Francisco 49ers now that you've added an interior pass rusher like this. And you guys know I've been saying it for a minute. The interior pass rushing is becoming what we used to think of the outside defensive hmm. ends mm-hmm. and, def- and, and linebackers as far as getting after the passer. Interior defensive tackles that can rush the passer are impacting NFL games more now than edge rushes and guys it's from the music. outside. It's Marcus Spears, ESPN. Don't about, know if I buy that, but it's an interesting thought. It, I mean, he's got a point, but there's so few of those guys that can impact the pass rush from the interior of the line. Mm-hmm. Javon Hargrave, who the 49ers got yesterday in free agency from the San Francisco 49ers, is one of those guys and had an elite year last year. Was a wrecking ball in the middle of that Eagles defensive line. And maybe that dominance that we saw from Hargrave was somewhat a product of everything that was around him on that Good defense. Yep. But... That's the case in, in San Francisco as well. Their defensive roster is as strong, if not stronger, than, than what Philadelphia offered last year. Uh, it is very clear right now, and everything is cyclical, and it's a pretty tight cycle, or a, a quickly changing cycle. But that cycle says right now, mm-hmm. everybody in the NFC West, not named the San Francisco 49ers, is clearly playing for second place. Yeah, that that sure does look to be that way. I think you'd get an argument from C. Seattle because they were, you know, competitive. They were one of the um, one of the surprise stories 
from last year. But if you look at the Rams, the Rams are clearly in a state of refitting mm-hmm. um, and reconstruction, trading away Jalen Ramsey, shopping Matthew Stafford, letting go of Bobby Wagner. They're they're Leonard ha- Floyd too. Yeah, Leonard that's Floyd. right. They're they're hitting hard reset reset. Um, and then you've got the Arizona Cardinals who kind of are doing the same. But in a different kind of way. And then you've got the Seahawks, whom I, I think they're still in this. But it's this division has gone from a four-team gauntlet to yes. to a team that's threatening to run away with it. True. And you know what? You're right. Didn't mean to disrespect Seattle. No, I will disrespect them in the future, certainly. <laughs> but in this in this discussion, that was not my intent. They're a good football team. And they were a surprise last year. And they clearly had a plan that they stuck to. Um, and when people doubted it, and that was the whole Russell, moving on from Russell Wilson, uh, and I did not expect them to be good. They were a playoff team last year. But they're clearly the second-best team in the division. And I think the gap between San Francisco and Seattle when both teams are healthy is a pretty sizable gap. Now, the other thing that is clear is that you have two teams in the Cardinals and Rams, and it was clear last year as those two teams combined for nine wins la- uh, in 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still bringing up the rear, and the Rams have made massive changes already to a lot of their veteran talent going elsewhere. Pretty much, it's Aaron Donald is the only one of their stars yeah. that is in uh, on sure footing, and he might retire at the drop mm-hmm. of a hat. You never yeah. know. Yeah, I I think the 49ers are going to be the probably the top rated team in the NFC going into the year. Uh, with all due respect to the Eagles. Well, I mean, the Eagles are going to suffer some losses. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did suffer losses on the coaching staff. Yeah. They're going to suffer personnel losses. Started yesterday. Will continue into the future. Uh, they're still going to be a very good football team. I agree with mm-hmm. you. But, um, yeah, I don't have a problem with, well, with that assertion. Uh, how about that statement, though? Because you're, you're right. A team with either Sam Darnold or Trey Lance is going to be the favorite for the entire NFC. Yeah, you, you said it earlier. In some ways, they're almost mocking the rest of the NFL. They're building a team so good that that they're with, the quarterback such, a, doesn't with matter. such a great system that the quarterback doesn't matter. That's yeah, that's pretty terrifying. Yeah, but I mean, Sam Darnold, what is he most known for in his NFL career? Getting mono. <laughs> that's up there. I said seeing ghosts. Yeah. That too. Does him changing the uniform allow him to wipe away those ghosts in his vision? That's a good question. I mean, he's better suited to do it in San Francisco than he was in Carolina or New mm-hmm. York, let's let's be honest. Uh, the clock's still ticking on the Aaron Rodgers saga. New York or nothing. Apparently, not only are the Jets interested in adding Alan Lazard, but mm-hmm. also Randall Cobb, another former just Green coincidentally, I'm yeah, sure. Coincidentally, if they get Jake Kumaro, yeah. I just I, and again, we've talked about this before. I don't understand why the Jets don't look at Lamar Jackson as a, yes. as a better opportunity for them. Lamar Jackson will not cost you fifty three million dollars this year, like Aaron Rodgers will, and Lamar Jackson is twenty six years of age. But, but, and there's this belief, there's this belief from some that I'm hearing that well, yeah, yeah, he 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 can only he can only be good in the Ravens system. That's the kind Kind of dangerous stereotyping that that he's been fighting his entire career. Let, can I throw something into the stew here, though? Sure. Because you like on, stew, Jarrett? Oh, I love oh, a cold did, winter's did night. More. <laughs> oh, stew Mandel. Stew Mandel. This is good. No, yeah, like a lamb stew or a beef stew. 
beef stew. With a gravy and potatoes and carrots. That's oh. generally what's in a stew, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, carrots and gravy and potatoes. Carrots, Those little pearl onions. Gravy. <laughs> those pearl onions that explode in your mouth. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> I was going to make such a great point. Go for it. Italians, no. Italians, gravy is more like marinara sauce. That's what they call marinara yeah, sauce. Yeah, you can do I've it always had way. a hard time with that. Yeah. It's not gravy. We called it gravy in our house. Did you? Did yeah. you? Yeah. Because technically it is. It's a sauce on top of food. Yeah. But we That's also a said gravy. gravy. Mozzarella. 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 Gravy on macaroni. Maragot. Maragot. I'll have the manicotti. <laughs> Gabagool. About, yeah, did you ever say Gabagool or is that completely gabagool. a Tony Soprano thing? No, it was Gabagool. I'll have the Capicola. <laughs> Stop doing an impression of me. <laughs> right here. I've been working on that. <laughs> it's really good. No, you were talking about Lamar Jackson. Was there yes, a point Lamar you were, Jackson. You were trying you were we talking said about. positive things about Lamar Jackson on this show. And why is nobody kicking the tires on Lamar Jackson? Don't get Let me it. just add this into it. the mix. If you're the New York Jets and you know, you're know you waiting on this Aaron Rodgers decision. And let's say Aaron Rodgers, you know, I'm going to go into the darkness for four years as opposed to four <laughs> days. And I'm not playing football anymore. Uh, uh-huh. But do you want to be the team? Lamar Jackson has been very steadfast in the pursuit of what? A fully guaranteed contract. Yeah. If you acquire Lamar Jackson with you know without that contract in place, do you want to be the team that that onus is put on now? Do you want to deal with that headache? No. Of, it's, I mean, the Ravens have answered have been asking that question and dealing with this issue for two straight years. And Lamar Jackson feels like he's worth it. He wants to be the guy, other than Deshaun Watson, to get it. I don't think he's, he's in the position to. Man, I don't he know is. what he's doing. But I, I don't, I, that might be scaring teams off too from is. wanting to deal of with him because it is. he does not have an agent representing him or maybe on this front talking sense into him. Listen, I know owners like to run away from the word collusion. Well, what? Not us. You you could never convince me that the owners haven't, in their own way, gotten together and said, no more of this 100% nonsense. No more of this. Yeah, you had your nice run, Browns, Deshaun Watson. Thanks for that. Yeah. Never again. Because, you know, occasionally Jared says something that's remotely intelligent, and, and he said something kind of right it's usually on, when he's not on the air, though. Usually, it's usually at 10.07. <laughs> That's when I hit my stride. That's when you hit your stride. That's why we were so good in the midday. That's when he wakes up. That's why we're so good. <laughs> Jared, how do you feel about mozzarella? Oh, like gabagool. How do you feel about gabagool? Huh? How do you feel about Lou and Aruba? Oh, wow. Uh, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line uh, at 620-620 if you feel like it. Uh, coming up next, social studies with Sarah. Sarah Cazell, it's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.